0: So we're gonna do a little bit of a test, all right, do All right. Right Yeah, knock knock. Who's there? Bud. Bud who He said (laughs) (laughs) Buddha. <laughs> Your missus told me that joke, bro.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, one of the things, one of the things that um I noticed when I like replayed mine back, I would talk real way back sometimes, and that you know, and I like mine gets real high pitch, and I didn't realise I had that laugh, but I went like when I started laughing, yeah, yeah. Everyone, like, I went to my friends. I went, is that my fucking laugh? <laughs> you no, know what a like, bro. I promise you. I went, is that? Really, is that my laugh? No, yeah, that's your laugh. I went, fuck, that's the shittest laugh I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> so I'm in the, I'm like practicing on here. I was like, don't know what I was trying to even do. The heady movement. <laughs> I tried to do different ones, or even um, what's his name, Scooby. <laughs> yeah.
1: You better off just stick it with your own laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs>
0: fucking eye pitch, fucking shit one. Anyway.
1: So how does it work, man? Red means live. Yeah, that
0: that's live. We're going now. I just thought I'd get all that so then we can just. Sort of replay it. Let's do this, my boy. All right, then, there you people. So I got Dave Nicholson here, my brother. How's it going, man? Yeah, Nico? It's
1: good man. It's going great.
0: That's great. Yeah, we just um we went down and played uh softball earlier. Eh? That was yeah, pretty good. It
1: was a good game. It was a fun game. Like it was it. fun. Yeah, and I didn't have to worry about winning or losing. It was just about having fun. So it was, yeah.
0: It was really good. And that's that's what I like about the softball. And that like, I've been trying to get back into sports. Um, you know, played a bit of forty when I was younger, touch forty and all that sort of stuff. Played. Done gymnastics like done a lot of sports anyway um athletics all of it but then you know after being getting older you put on ease weight, well i put on each of the weight. i don't know about other people but um
1: have you seen me bro <laughs> you're skinnier <laughs> than me young <laughs> Only just
0: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, look i love softball it's um it's not competitive down there like it does get competitive um but we honestly make it fun man and yeah yeah i'm just gonna put it out there put hit to make two home runs today and,
1: and, and they were big home runs, um, too,
0: yeah. And then I think I broke my back. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna sleep with it tonight, but I'm a bit worried about it, you know. <laughs> 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 All right, then, bro, let's get started, man. How you been, brother? Um, good, let's good, start good. with um, where you were born.
1: Um, so I was born in New Zealand, um, actually in the North Island uh, in Auckland. Um, They call us Jaffers, just another effing Aucklander. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, I uh, moved over to Australia when I was about eight with my parents, Mm -hmm. with my uh, sister as well. Yeah, we moved into Sydney, um, into the eastern suburbs, just around Clo Valley, and Mm -hmm. uh, lived there for a couple of years. And then, uh, you know, my parents split up, got divorced. I yeah. uh, ended up living with my mum and my sister for a while in uh, the eastern suburbs there Going to yeah. the beach and, you know, just sort of chilling Oh yeah And then, uh, uh, yeah, just sort of moved around quite a lot, man Yeah Mo- Moved to Canberra after that with my mum and sister And she got remarried and that didn't oh, sort nice. of Yeah, nice for her, not so nice for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, when, like, you grew up in New Zealand, like until you were eight Yeah Yeah, so what nationality are you, like if you don't mind me asking?
1: Nationality,
0: yeah, like you know, so you are New Zealander or you Australian or you uh, know
1: man, what? I've been here thirty six years. So you're
0: Aussie, my bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Aussie, man. yeah. So when, okay, when they play New Zealand,
1: uh, well, see, that's a different story. Yeah, so. yeah, come on now, talk to me, bro. Yeah. Let's, let's let's get the degree. Come on. <laughs> when the when the sport happens, you know, when the when the union, um, the Bledisloe cup or the yeah. cricket, you know, that comes on, and uh, or if I'm especially around my family that is you know, still in New Zealand. Yeah, I, I, I stole Barrack for the all Blacks,
0: bro. Oh, look at him, man, sitting across <laughs> from me going on like this. You look, nah.
1: <laughs>
0: so you are, there we go, you're New Zealand drunk. No, that's mad because I went over there actually years ago. Um, I went over there when I was playing under-16s footy. Oh, went amazing. over there for rep. Um, We played against, uh, we went to Glenora, Rotorua, um, Auckland. Played against Auckland. They smoked us, man. They were pretty good. Like They were pretty big. But um, yeah, brother boy here got you know played the tournament. No, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that's on of skinny un good step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, international like, game, bro. Yeah, <laughs> 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 but I tell you, man, Rotorua is one of the most beautiful places. It stinks. Yeah, but man, like them baths, man. Like I, we jumped in the baths and after the footy game, and oh my, dude, I'm telling you, bro, like they were so good. Like, so like whatever injuries we had, for some reason. They took a lot of the pain away, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like, cause the hot baths yeah, I'm talking about,
1: yeah, and the sulphur as well, and We're the really sulphur, yeah. Um, you know, you think about what you do as a as a, as a sportsman in in your own house. You know, if if you're having a hard hard game and you're really sore, you chuck some some salts into a hot bath and you jump in to try and yeah. soak all the pain away. You know, same sort of thing, but it's all natural over there.
0: So. I never, didn't, I never even <laughs> thought of it like that. Eh? <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. that's mad. That is mad. So natural stuff, and that's why like the baths important over there, eh? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, well, it's a it's an attraction.
1: Yeah, I've actually experienced the same sort of thing over here up around Burren Junction. They have uh, bore baths, which are like mm-hmm. a, a natural heated um, bore, a bore like a bore, you know, yeah. water coming up yeah. through the ground. And um, a lot of them have, mate, turn them into little like spas and pools in their own farms yeah. and stuff. Last time I was up there doing a bit of training um, for my old job. Yeah, I got to experience that. I got to, you know, got invited out to one of the farmer's places and just sort of... That's unreal. Sitting there having a couple of beers and just watching the uh, stars and that. It was awesome.
0: That's unreal. Sometimes we need that sort of thing, you know, to yeah. get away. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. like, um, well, I need it now with my injuries. I'm always injured. <laughs> Gee, we got... Our team is injured in softball.
1: I know, right? <laughs> a- a- out of, what, ten of us, there's only two people that haven't been injured yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, you spoke about your parents and that, and divorce, and if you don't mind, could we, you know, talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, um, was you a kid when that happened? Yeah, or?
1: so I was, uh, we moved over when I was about eight, and I think I was about 11 or 12 when they sort of separated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was an angry little kid, and, um, you know, blamed, blame my dad, blamed my mum, blamed everybody but myself, not that it was my fault, but, um. You know, I was, I was one of those angry kids growing up and getting mm-hmm. into mischief and causing havoc and getting into all sorts of problems. Uh, and then it sort of it didn't get much better growing up in the teenage years. I, I left um, my mum and at that time I stepped out in Canberra and moved back in with my father in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I just sort of got mixed up in the wrong crowd, got involved in drugs and street gangs and all that sort of shit, yeah. you know. And, uh, oh, man, I was a... I was a bad kid, like, well, maybe I wasn't a bad kid, but I was doing bad things. Yeah, you, know, you know, I was, I was taking. That's how I look yep. at it. Like when I look back, I was a taker. I'd yep. take, yep. take, I'd take money. I'd take drugs. I'd take, yeah, you know, steal cars. I'd, you know, get in yep. fights. So I'd do do things that were very selfish. Um, yeah, and it sort of let, that's it, it. Came to a crunch when I was about sort of eighteen um, when I moved back. I met a woman, actually. That's what sort of solved the problem.
0: Oh, bro, sometimes <laughs> they can solve problems, sometimes they can creep. No, I mean, I yeah. can get women. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs>
1: mm. Yeah, but I, uh, like I, I moved back to Wagga, actually. I moved back to, into where – that's where my mum and my stepdad and my sister were living mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, sort of I, I really had to get out of Sydney, otherwise I was going to end up – to be honest with you, bro, I was going to end up in, either in jail or dead. Yeah. I, uh, I was in that much trouble. I had people money. I had people after me it's that lifestyle yeah yeah it, it is man. that lifestyle like
0: and when like because I went through all that sort of lifestyle just re- like you know over the years and stuff and and that's what it's all about like seriously like and it's a fast lifestyle too and it's hard to keep up with them sometimes but um you know that's good that you end up changing and you know what we sometimes we need that influence you know and and a lot of times it especially with us place it is a woman that changes us you know yeah. for the right you know for the good things and like when when you said that um, how old was you when all this sort of happened, when you changed?
1: Um, 17, 18, sort of in that time period. Um, it sort of happened young for me. Um, yeah, that's pretty lucky, man. But, you know, I was also taking drugs when I was 13 and, you know, I'd sort of done five or six years of it and then, um, you know, I, mean, I was getting involved in a, a local street gang in uh, the Maroobra area and just ended up getting into fights for no reason, just for stupid yeah. shit, you know. And um, it, it came to a crunch. Uh, um, I was actually selling drugs for a, a guy and um, it was um, speed in the old days, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, me and my best mate, we, um, we got onto a, a bag, you know, racked some lines and went yeah. out partying, you know, um, in the city in Sydney and um, he uh, ended up ODing uh, and dying. And uh, that sort of rocked me really hard. It yeah. really affected me. And the fact that, um, like, it was a fundamental change in my life. Yeah, Like, it, it was the reason why, it was the catalyst as the reason why I left Sydney and yeah. uh, ended up moving back into the country with my mum. Um, you know, that, that didn't work out too well uh, in the short term. Um, so I ended up sort of, you know, fruit picking around Australia. But... I got away from the drug scene, which was good, yeah. um, and ended up, you know, just working, earning money, mm-hmm. just cruising around. Um, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, met, met this woman, and it sort of started to settle my life right down. Um, and started to give me a bit of direction, you know. Uh, to, and the main direction was get a job, yeah, you know, be a be a, a normal member of society, I suppose.
0: Yeah, yeah it would have crushed you man and yeah, that you need you know sometimes you and that's your was your rock bottom
1: yeah exactly you
0: know and one of the things that my rock bottom was like i spoke about it before is i basically thought i lost my mind you know the tv was talking to me yeah, and, and it is scary and like it is overwhelming when when you tell these sort of stories and you know not only to yourself but other people that hear it and if they haven't experienced it it can be very overwhelming yeah, But that's the whole point of this podcast, I think, is that like, I really want to know people within the community that, that have changed and that people can learn from and, and use this as, as a blueprint so other people's lives that other people can uh, relate to and then end up using it as a blueprint to go, you know what, before I hit rock bottom, I'm going down that way. I want to be able to, before something happens like that, before my mate, I see my mate do that. Well, I lost a few mates to suicide, um, you know, growing up in this area from Dubbo and from from around this area that um that drugs were involved and everything like that because it does put you in a state that you're not, like you're vulnerable. Yeah. You're very vulnerable. Your whole mind is not, you're not in the right state of mind. Mm. And one of the things, I guess, um, that really hits home is, like, you, you don't realise the effect, like, yeah, it's affecting you, but it's also affecting the people around you, the yeah. people that love you. You know what i mean like i didn't realize like and and only just hit me like a few probably months ago the effect that i really had like on my mum like bless her soul you know and, and my family and and then and, and like i remember one time um my sister dropped food up to me and and apparently like because my brother-in-law sh- spoke to me about it like after they dropped the food off to me like um my sister jumped back in the car and she just started crying and because she could see where i was at and yeah. like where i was at was not a good place and it was it was it was hell, like, and and I was not in any frame of mind, and like losing your mate, man, that would have that would have crushed you. But at least like look at you now, man, like look how far you come, and we've still got a lot to talk about, like with your life and how much you've done, and everyone will get to witness it and hear it, and it's amazing what you've done, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's good that you pulled yourself out, and I know that she might have been like a big point in that in that life, like that woman helping you pull out. You done most of it too, you know yeah.
1: what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I had to, um, I had to look at myself and to who I was as a person and yep. who I was becoming as a person. Yep. Um, and you know, at that age of 17, 18, you know, that's the start of your adulthood, and I didn't want to start that period of my life in in a, in a position where I was, you know, my my mental health was really bad. You know, I was doing drugs. I was. Um, I was fearful for my life I had to actually leave the whole city because of it um, yep. you know if I if I didn't change then my life wouldn't it would have ended yeah like oh, I have no qualms or you know I don't I, I don't sugarcoat the fact that I know that if I had a stayed doing what I was doing I would have ended up either in jail or dead yep. and if I would have ended up in jail I probably would have ended up dead anyway so yeah you know it's a, it's a horrendous thing I've got friends that are uh, you know are in jail and have gone in and out of jail I've you know I've got friends that um, have gone in, into the drug scene hit it really hard hit rock bottom like I did and come back out um, and I've had conversations very similar to this with them and they mm. you know they, they they're the same they, they, they it gets to a point and I'm sure you could attest to this yourself that you get to a point where you're looking you looking at yourself reflectively either in a mirror like literally yep. or just just at your life and, and you can see yourself, if I keep going down this road, my, my life's going to be over. Yeah. You know, or, or like you said, you know, how it affects my mum, how it affects my sister, how it affects my brother, how it affects my children. Yep, You know, people are asking those sort of questions. And I've had many discussions with people that, um, you know, are in the same scene or have or were in the old scene, you know. And um, the funny thing is, that, you know, the, the, the close friends I had from back in those days and that, you know, I'm 44 now, that was a long time ago, but... Um, the ones I know of have were either dead or in jail. Yeah. Well, that's good that
0: – not that's good, but I mean like how far you've come. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And you've got to give yourself a pat on the back. And you know what? It does upset you when you, you think, you know what, I was lucky. And, you know, that I wish that – and I do wish that other people can sort of take on, you know, the responsibility, you know what I mean, of themselves and their own actions and then turn around and, and change their lives as well. But it is hard to do. It is very hard to do. It is, and and like like you said, you had to move from Sydney to Wagga. Yeah, like yeah. you had to literally get up out of that scene. Like you just had to go. You know what? I'm cutting this world, you know, um, out of my life. I'm yeah. going to start and build a new world. Yeah, and yeah. you did. And that's you know, and Wagga. What's that like there, man? Is it all right there? I've
1: never been. All uh, honestly, never been. Like I, I, I spent quite a lot of my life in Wagga. Um, I. <laughs> I, I consider myself a bit of a gypsy, thanks to my mother. She she liked <laughs> to move quite a lot. I, I think uh, I think I've helped my mother move 70, 70 odd times, and she's still <laughs> going. And she's you know in her sixties, and she's still moving every year or two. But uh, I, I settled down in Wagga when I met uh, my um, my ex wife at the time, and um, uh, you know had two beautiful children, and you know that that was like seeing. You know, meeting my son when I met my wife, um, and um, and then you know, watching the birth of my daughter—that was that was a thing that uh, really opened my eyes to be a better person. You know, yeah. and that's when I started to look at, you know, at the time I was a uh, a truck driver for Australia Post. That was what I did for a living. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, what did I do after hours? I just sort of just hung out and had a few beers. You know, just yep. didn't do much. Um, and so I decided to volunteer my time with uh, St John Ambulance at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, in Wagga, yeah, yeah. Oh. So I was just um, doing volunteer first aid and, and that's where I met my, um, my ex-wife. Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. So
0: w- when you do voluntary and all that sort of stuff, do you mean like um, just at football games or...? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So just uh, pretty yeah. much what they do here around Dubbo as well. Like, yeah. um, you know, be, uh, we used to do football carnivals all the time, hockey yeah. carnivals. Plus you'd get the old um, year 12 after formal party and stuff like that, making sure that the drunk teenagers didn't choke, choke <laughs> on the vomit and you know, all yeah. that sort of stuff, uh, yeah. die of hypothermia. Uh, but yeah. um, it was just giving back and um, yeah. I really started to fundamentally in my life see that as not only something I wanted to do for the rest of my life but as a career path as well.
0: Fair income. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty, did, so you, you went into it before you thought about the career? Yeah, no,
1: I did it uh, long before. So I've been volunteering now for about 30 years uh, in uh, one emergency service area or another. Um, and about 10, 12 years ago, I um, took it up as a career path as well. That's man. Yeah, yeah, which, which yep. we'll talk about as we go. Yeah,
0: through. exactly. Yeah, now you, you said that, um, you always say that, you know, you got an ex-wife and that and things like that. How long was you married for, my brother, and before?
1: Um... Um, uh, married about um. Well, to be honest with you, twenty years rolled up this year. Yep. Um, but we've been separated for about six years. Okay. So, so about yep. f- we're we together about fourteen years. Yeah. Um, got two beautiful children. You know, twenty-two year old son and a um nineteen year old daughter.
0: Fairly. Didn't even know that about Jay <laughs> i see it on Facebook You know Some things well, yeah, yeah, yeah no. How much Kids change eh? They change oh, man, And fear. like I remember Like one of the first times Like before I did relapse and stuff Like um, I remember You know I didn't like to do stuff When I had my daughter around And I didn't like it To be in me anyway So I, I was there And what happened was I was looking at myself In the mirror um, And I was still Coming down I was about to get my daughter And I was just like You know what like i don't like the man that's looking back at me i don't like him at all so what i did is i went you know and because i still had stuff in me so i just went stuff this i'm going for a run so i went for a run and i jogged and then i ended up running down to the river near devil's yeah. elbow and um what by the time i got there i was there just there looking at the water and i was thinking oh you know i started to feel better um you know i didn't have much sleep in that but started to feel better because it just was coming out of me yeah. yeah. and then um, I was just there sweating it out and then looking at the water it was a beautiful scene and then like the drug dealer was ringing me like he's one of my, he was one of my mates and he was ringing me and I was just like oh, like and he'd like text me first you know come around my brother like you know let's you know, get on it and that and instead of texting back or answering the phone I just chucked it was an iPhone I just chucked it in the river <laughs> and stuffed this and I just chucked it yeah, and then yeah. like and then I just went stuffed this and then jogged home jogged back home then boom just went stuff. this i'm getting off it yeah. and just got off it and i just turned around bang just stopped it but this year time second round was a little bit difficult um dibbled and stuff like that like when i went away to always left the door open like i talk about how like um i like always left the door open by saying i never want to say never i'll never do it again or you know if if i go away with the boys like I'll, you'll get on it or you know like a bucks party or something or do something like that yeah, yeah. so it was all birthday party or wedding or you know so I always left it open, but this time I shut the door closed, and I've done things and put things in place where I will not relapse, whether it's grog or or you know um all the drugs um but one of the things that I'm trying to do now for my wellbeing is my eating and I'm trying to get that under control, but that's totally a totally different thing yeah, yeah, but um but what one what I was getting at is um um we'll get back to it is kids like, they really do influence your age. Like, you don't realise, man, they're your own little heroes, eh? Like, they're yeah. their own angels sent from God and that, you know, like, to to help you and push you to be a better person. Yeah. And like you said.
1: I know, um, I can, I can talk about, you know, nearly committing suicide when I was a teenager and I can talk about, you know, rock bottom through drugs and I can talk about my mate, um, you know, ODing and dying in, in my arms and in front of me and, um the minute I talk about my kids, I start bowling, you know? Yeah. I can talk about anything and I have the strength to talk about yep. it and, and, and But you know, I start talking about, you know, how much I love my kids and how mm. much they mean to me and I, I just lose it, eh? Yeah. And, and then it's even worse when I have a heart-to-heart with my kids. It's like, oh, I just start yeah. crying, crying, you know? <laughs> just because right. they mean so much. Yeah. Like, they're all my heart, you know, everything in my heart is about my children, you know? Yeah. Um. Everything about my soul, everything I, I do and sometimes I, you know because of the jobs that I've had that i you know I've missed christmases and I've missed first days of school and stuff like that because I've been out with fires and um you know so it it, it it like you know you think about it in retrospect back in the day and you think oh you know did I really need to go and fight that fire did I really need to go you know 100 kilometers west to 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 help mm. fight fires or manage fires when when I missed her the first day of school with my daughter or, you know, stuff like that.
0: So I'm sure that in the end she'll appreciate that. You know what I mean? She'll look at you as if, like, you know, she'll look at you like my dad helped out. You know, my dad did that. And she'll see like other things where other people have done it. Like, you know, being a firefighter, man, that's a that's a big ask. And that's, that's your, that is that's selfless, so selfless. And you talk about that you used to be sel- selfish. Mm. But to be a firefighter, man, is one of the most selfless acts do you know what I mean? You volunteer. You were volunteering, didn't you? Say for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Twenty years. Twenty years. Yeah. Oh, brother, oh. that's that's selfless, man. Like as much as you say, like you know, you miss your daughter. And that, I I really think you know she really appreciated you when you were there, though. And like, to, that's a selfless act, man. You know, but you know, I don't want you To get you all emotional. <laughs> <laughs> like when I was here talking about my daughter so I like started getting a bit like, you know, yeah, bottom yeah. lip bigger third, but <laughs> That's what we do though, you yeah, know yeah. And they they have that impact, man That's the power that they have And I oh, look, my daughter has power over me, man <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, oh man, she, you know, clicks her fingers Here I am, yep, I'm like a genie Pop up, yep <laughs> And like, there's times that she'll just go, dad, alright Like I'm playing, I don't And like, I'll go, alright then, well I'll go down here I've got to go and get something No, 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 where are you going? I, she don't want me to leave But she don't want me there With a plan Like you know yeah, She don't want yeah. me around Like she just wants a space But at the same time yeah. i tell you something though Real quick like, I was there one um, The other day And um, She turned around And she goes Because I like to do A lot of things now And she's like Dad You know Let's just go home And let's just chill tonight Let's just watch a TV And chill All right, "Okay, Yeah sweet baby Oh, Dad and daughter time We'll go home So we go home And I go Alright baby What TV you want What show you want to watch She goes No dad you chill in your room. I chill in mine. <laughs> <laughs> this is eleven year old. Bro. <laughs> oh, she got me good, bro. Me <laughs> oh, anyway, bro, let's get back to um, the firefighter. So, twenty years. Yeah. So and we just went through a drought,
1: bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like twenty years ago, I joined the RFS, uh, the Royal Fire Service. Sorry, um, because I wanted to give back. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to be a giver of all the taking you know and, and I look back on it uh, and, and I don't know what your you know, religious views are or even what mine are really but um, you know I want to be able to get to the pearly gates and God say well you've done all this bad stuff but you've done all this good stuff to sort of yeah. counteract the bad stuff and <laughs> and um, you know I don't even know if that's, that's a true statement or if it's just something that's popping in my head but I I felt like I was a takeover when I was, when I was yep. in that bad space and and I wanted to give back, so I started volunteering with the Royal Fire Service, and then just loved it, man. Like I, it was the camaraderie of like a fire of a brigade. Like yep. it was a bunch of bunch of guys and girls that volunteered for the same sort of reasons, you know. And you'd, you know, you'd have social social days, uh, like barbecues on a Sunday after training or something like that. Um, it was just a, an amazing experience, and then you go out of fires, and the camaraderie just ups the level like three hundred percent. Like you got each other's back because you have to because you're out there fighting a horrendous yeah. bushfire. You know the, the you got you got to rely. You know you got to put your life in the driver's hand that he's going to drive and put you in a safe position. You got to put your life in the crew leader's hand that he knows enough about what's going on to not to, to keep you safe and, and still do the job that needs to be done um and i just loved it man i just soaked it in and um my, my mother's got this analogy for me that um my knowledge is a bucket you know and every time i learn something there's another drop in the bucket and you know and That's i've been right. and i've been learning stuff especially with the emergency services um and, and most especially with the rural fire service for the last 20 years and there's just so much that you can keep learning like i learned stuff today and i've been you know i, I now work for the for that service and you know, I still volunteer my time. I went to a fire two days ago. You know, as a volunteer, straight after the day I worked for the Royal fire service. You know, as soon yeah. as as soon as my paid day was finished, it was when a fire started, and I jumped on a truck on, on a different truck It's not even my brigade's truck, and yeah. uh, and went around and um, just uh, help 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 the local guy uh, in his truck just put it out. You know. Um, and then in, and then jump back. As soon as that was finished, I jumped back out, back into my paid role as a fire investigator to to, to check the you know mm. the um the fire itself and how it started and stuff like that. So you know there's there's days where I've done twenty hour shifts of um of firefighting and working all within the same industry and the same organization. Um, because I love it so much, you know. I, I had a bit of a, a hiatus, or, or I left the the rural fire service for about nine months, mm-hmm. um, and only just recently come back as in the paid role. I've always been a volunteer and always will be, mm-hmm. but um, I went and wanted to do something a little bit different, so I went and joined the uh, joined. Oh, well, I did join uh, the Volunteer Rescue Association here in Dubbo, and um, and then worked for them as a learning and development manager. So, I um, I've always been very passionate about firefighting and bettering people, but most especially bettering adults. So yep. I've always been, you know, as soon as I um, did my first, you know, certificate four in training and assessment and then started to implement that through the firefighting, I was then now teaching people. I was the one teaching those crew leaders to take those crews and to, to and to teach those crew leaders to keep those guys safe out there on the fire ground. Yeah. Um, You know, and and the Rural Fire Service has taken me all over Australia. I've been to every state um, except for two. I haven't been to the Northern Territory and I haven't been to South Australia. I've been to every other state in in Australia, fighting fires or managing fires or, you know, some part of it. Um, um, You know, some of the the best experiences I've had has been traveling you know Mm. you go away for a week at a time and you're doing 12-hour shifts and you're either out there on the fire ground or you're inside the office trying to manage the the operations or the planning part of a a major fire Um, and more recently in the last few years i've been doing a lot of stuff with uh, a role that's called a public liaison officer and they're this type of people you know they look after the people and that's what i love i love people Mm. so i you know i go i go to an area An example is last year you talked about the drought last year you know, the most horrendous drought we've had at the end of it, which oh, means we had the most, guy. you know, the fire season. The whole east coast of Australia was on fire. Mm. There were towns that were completely destroyed. People were losing their lives, their homes, you know. Yeah, that was so Yeah. And, I, um, like, I left last August to uh, Grafton. I went up there and worked in there. And then between August 2019 to... Mm. March 2020, I was pretty much on the east coast of Australia a couple of times I'd come home. But yeah. uh, in that whole time period, I was either in Grafton, Kempsey, Glen Ennis, um, Mudgee, Meriwaw, um Naruma, Bega. Like I was all over the place. And, you know, the other thing I love about the Royal Fire Service is there, there are hundreds of people like me out there as well. You know, the, the passionate people, the people yeah. that love the service, the people that love looking after community and looking after people and teaching yeah. people. There are there are hundreds of us in the Royal Fire Service all over the state. Yeah, well, we need people at like that day. You know what I mean? If we didn't have that, then, you know, who was going
0: to help save them? Who was going to help stop these fires and stuff like that? You know, I remember, like, when – because we were playing softball during it and, like, because it was basically on dirt and stuff like that. That's how, how dry it was everywhere. And I remember, um like, you would come in for one game. Like, you, we'll play against you or something, but then – you're gone for yeah. weeks on end, and then you'll pop in and then i say oh where you been no, i just been fighting fires all like the last two weeks what the whole oh, yeah pretty much the whole time like you get yeah. little minimum sleep like you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and i was just like uh, like you know more power to you brother and that's why like i'd like to call you like do you have and you're all about helping people like you've helped me like there's times like if i you just reach out if you think that you know if i post something or or even like Hey bro, how you going? Like, you know, I will message you and look, man, I was feeling down today and you just boom motivated push, made a motivated message back. I appreciate that, bro. And, and it means a lot because I you didn't ask for, you know, I didn't ask for it, but it's things like that, when people do it out of their own own heart, like yeah. that means a lot, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I appreciate that, bro. And but you yeah, are all about helping people. Mm. And um and I think when when you said like it was one of the worst droughts and stuff like that. I um, always read about like backburning and everything
1: like that. Well, Do you believe in that or, um, like, you know, so as a
0: firefighter and everything? And
1: so there's um, two different types of burning. So there's backburning, which is a, a tactic that gets used to fight fires. Mm. So you're sort of burning the vegetation in front of the bad fire that's coming. Mm. Um, and that's a firefighting tactic. The other thing is a hazard reduction burn. Which is, so that's the stuff that's done in spring and autumn and yep. stuff like that to reduce the fuel. Mm-hmm. Um. Absolutely, I believe in it. Um. Yeah. It, ha- it has to. Because people try to stop it, eh? Hey?
0: Did they? I'm not sure. Uh, or, you know, it's probably not.
1: Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure either. Um. I, I. I. Um. Firmly believe that. Uh. You know. A good. Uh. Fuel management, which is you know we, mm. we call fuel the grass and the trees yep. and whatnot. Um. You know. A, a good way to mitigate the hazard is is to burn it in, in a in a low cool environment. Um. A good example is um. You know I, I did a fire uh, what's called a fire sticks program which was a um, indigenous program that was run up in um, mm. far north queensland and i was teaching about cultural burning and i was teaching about how it was done way 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 yep. back in the day you know about um and you look at the the vegetation in the areas that they do it where it's a nice low cool burn what we call a cool burn so low fire um, height and, and stuff Yeah, um and it's you know the, The vegetation is nice and clear, you know, you can graze cattle in there because um, it's easier to get through and easier to muster and stuff like that. And if you don't reduce the fuel in a consistent or semi-consistent rate, whether it's every year or every three years or every five years, depending on what the the environmental laws say, um, then, you know, you get massive overgrown growth um, and then it gets really, really dry like we had last year Mm. because of all the drought. We had all that heavy vegetation that was completely dried out, 100% cured, mm-hmm. and no moisture in it whatsoever. We get some strong winds, and Bush. Bush, off she goes, mate. Oh,
0: man. That's scary, though, eh? Mm. Especially, like, what happened last year. It was so scary. Like, they did an aerial shot of Dubbo in July, and then they did an aerial shot of Dubbo in this July. Yeah. And the difference, eh? Yeah. It was like a yin and a yang. I'm yeah. telling you, like, one was beautiful, one, you know what I mean? Like, mm. it, was, it was terrible. It was terrible
1: well the other the other problem we had with the drought was you know a lot of the uh, rural fire service volunteers are farmers mm. so we had farmers that because they were in a heavy drought they were feeding their stock every day to keep them alive and cutting water to keep them alive and then there mm. would be a fire happen and then they would have to leave their farm to go and fight a fire somewhere oh. so you know the, and then you know the the the, the husband or wife uh, of, of that farmer had to stay back and, and maybe not go into work if they worked in town because they had to keep feeding the stock or they'd have to feed the stock at midnight, yep. you know, because their the, the partner was away fighting fires or, yep. you know, the kids would have to step up or, you know, kids would miss school because they'd have to help out on the farm and stuff like that. Um, so it has a massive flow-on effect, not just, so, yep. not just for actually fighting fires but for the people that actually go out and fight fires
0: yeah it is a domino effect even mm. you know even for the ones that were going out there like you said like one one of the guys that i actually work with like when i was working down at um ford he was actually in in, in the voluntary mm-hmm. and um he had a phone so every time like his phone would just go off and then like he could go on this um and show him where it's at and you know how far he would be or you know and tell him what sort of I'm not sure if it was grade of the fire or something. I'm not sure. Yeah. Like you just get like a message to, you know, yep. and he'd so be like, yep, all right, see us. And
1: so any, anyone can access that app. It's an app on your smartphone. It's called mm. Fires Near Me. Mm. Um, download it and you can see whenever a fire pops up in your area. You can see how big it is, how bad it is, how yep. big it is, which way it's going, yep. you know, all the information that you need uh, just as a member of the public. Like, if you, oh, want, yeah, cool. if you want to know what's going on, then. That's the best way to do it. So oh, F- fires near me app, yeah, it's, it's a really good app. I still I use it now, and I I, I got access to internal systems because I work yeah. in there, and I still use fires near me. I'm time. gonna download that. <laughs> I like it. I like myself a good app.
0: <laughs> uh, now, <laughs> no, that's good. Like twenty years, twenty years, brother. So now, like, you end up becoming paid. You know? Yeah. How, so- did, how did you How did you end up becoming like? What was the steps? that you had to take to become a firefighter yeah. or was it hectic or you just had to go and apply? Or?
1: Oh, not so much. Um, so to actually apply to be a volunteer firefighter, you just got to sort of find a, a brigade that mm-hmm. is close to you or, or suits your needs. Um, find out, you know, find out. Uh, you can go onto the Rural Fire Service website and, and there's a like a link that'll, you know, new members, application and all that sort of thing, and it'll tell you what the closest... Uh, contact person is for whatever area you're in um you fill out a membership form you got to do uh you know police check and all that sort of stuff Mm -hmm. um send it in um and uh you know go and meet the brigade people and talk to them and make yourself known and you know um, once your membership comes back uh, after they've done all the checks and whatnot uh then you can you know attend training and do courses and stuff like that and that's sort of what i was doing a lot of um -hmm. in my paid role was um like teaching those courses Man. Um, and then you know you can you can go anywhere you can you can do you can fly around in helicopters and look at fires and and map you can map fires and and, and run you know all these airplanes and stuff like that you can um, you can go into the science side of things and learn how to predict what the fire is going to do in the in the near future and the long term um, you know, there's so many avenues within the, that service that you can do that doesn't even mean you hold a hose and put fire out, you know. Mm. Um, there's always a job for anyone in the Royal Fire Service. doesn't matter yeah. if you want to fight fires or you don't, you know. Um, my partner currently, she um, doesn't go fighting fires. What she does is she goes into the fire control centre and she talks on the radio to the firefighters and just makes sure that there's that communication flow between um the guys on the ground and the fire the firefighting effort and uh the guys that are looking after the resources and anything that they need you know there's that communication flow backwards and forwards that's bad. so that's something that i would probably do but i'll talk too much better (laughs) (laughs) um and you know when when i applied for the job um it was just the same process as any other job you know there was um like a jobs new south wales website i think it was called at the time um a job came up with a skill set that I had in the, in the training field, um, and my background within as a volunteer. So I applied. Um, you know, it was about 10, uh, ten years ago now, six years, seven years, seven, eight years, or whatever it was ago. Um, I applied for a job in Harden down in um, down around Young Borough, down that area, in the Southwest Slope Zone, and um, yeah, and then just started uh, got got a got a job as a Learning and Development Officer, and like I said, yeah, just teaching teaching volunteers how to teach other volunteers and teach volunteers how to fight fires, how to lead, stuff like that. Well, that's it. You know, with your knowledge a
0: bucket, you know, you, you... Keep dropping those drops Yeah, you're in, dropping
1: all them knowledge in there and then yeah. you're
0: chucking it on people. Here, get <laughs> <here's more. Here, laughs> some knowledge yourself. and hey, man. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good because you come along the way now, bro. So you, you know, you're on drugs and everything like that. You, you change your life. And this is what I, I've been trying to tell people doesn't matter how bad your rock bottom is, you can change. Mm. You can definitely change and you can change. And just to make sure you make a conscious conscious change, you know what I mean? Um, One of the things that I've been trying to change is um, my instant gratification. And one of the things, like that's what I was talking to you about before, like then one of the things that you actually helped me with was um, I always needed someone to text me back or, you know, talk to me or like all my Facebook and everything. I went off Facebook for two weeks so, so I can end up changing it all. And But then when I did, like, you were reaching out now and then and just saying, hey, bro, you are all right, and all that sort of stuff. And and it's good that you're reaching out, that you're giving back. Like, you're giving back, not just volunteering and, and doing your paid work and everything with that. You're reaching out to your actual mates and, and other people that are going through similar things yeah. and making sure that I'm on the straight and narrow. Like, I remember, like, you know, a few weeks ago, I remember I had a bad day and I've gone, and, and you know, and you're going, you're right, bro, you know, you don't, just remember, just don't. Don't go off track. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to the gym. And you're like, yeah, sweet. Or you might have <laughs> told, to, told me to go to the gym. And I'm like, yeah, sweet, I'll go to the gym. So I went to the gym and, you know, straightened my mind out and that. And I still have them bad days. Like yesterday, like I wanted to do this podcast yesterday, but I had a, a flat day and I, I just felt down. So I just wanted, didn't want to come out on the podcast. So, I made, you know, you, you've you been waiting to do it. And I'm grateful that you did wait because that was a good, good one. And you've come a long way, bro. And it's good to see you, you know. Look at you. You're a good bloke. <laughs> hey? sitting at the end of my table there Okay, a nah people you know thank you for coming on bro and look you have come a long way and yeah, thanks, man. you know top bloke bro I yeah. Yeah, appreciate it
1: you know what uh, so are you Ricky you know, you've uh, you inspired me last year quite a bit you know you inspire me just as much as I inspire you you know okay, um, the fact that you've gone through stuff and come out the other end in a good space um, and when I do Touch base with you, and you say, "Yeah, no, I'm still on the straight and narrow." That's 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 a massive, uh, that's a boost for me. You know, I I get a, a charge out of the fact that you're still in a good way and a, you know, and going good. Yeah, kicking goals, bro. Kicking you know goals. what? I'm kicking goals, left footed,
0: seventy meters out from the sideline into the wing, cross cross breeze. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, all right then, Pete. You know that was it. Thank you, bro. I all Appreciate
1: right, it. No problems.
0: Ah, gee, that was deadly. Until next time, this is YouTube Deadly signing off. Ricky boy, I'll see you later. This is a personal podcast. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the persons expressing themselves. They do not represent the people, institutions or organisations that the persons are associated with in a personal or professional capacity unless explicitly stated. Any views or opinions are not intended to offend either religion, ethnic groups, com- club, organisation, company, or individual. All content on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The owner of this podcast makes no representation to the accuracy of any information shared or found by following any link on the website. The owner will not be liable for any errors or omissions in this information, nor for any losses, injuries, or damages from the display or use of this information.